awesome. We're going to get into the message for this morning. Um, I'm really excited to share uh, this word for us um, about hope and being uh, abiding in Christ and uh, being more than conquerors in our lives. Uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, which I'm sure over your coffee and your breakfast that you've got your Bibles, turn with me uh, to Romans 8. Uh, 37 where Paul is writing and he says no in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Hey, we're going to pray and then we're going to get into the message this morning. Father, we thank you that you came for us, Father, that you haven't just left us to get through this world on our own, but you are with us and you have given us such hope and a power in our lives to overcome uh, all of the things um, that come against us, Father, with you. As we abide in you, and as we're connected to your vine, Father, that we can journey through this life with you and uh, overcome the things and uh, be known um, in our lives. We'll be more than conquerors as we um, run this race in this life with you. Jesus, I pray that your word um, would pierce through um, our spirits this morning to hear your word, to open our eyes and our ears, to hear um, your voice um, in our lives this morning. Amen. So Paul, in this scripture, he says, we are more than conquerors. And you know, he's not just making a blind call. This guy isn't a, a dude who's just been walking through life happy as. He's got everything that he could possibly want. He has suffered some stuff through his life. And he is standing there saying, you know what? I have hope in my heart. I am more than a conqueror. There is nothing that can separate me from Christ. He's not just having an on-form day. He's not just strolling, kicking his heels. He isn't just, you know, brought some new sandals. He's not just having a great hair day, just flying in the wind. He's not sitting there saying, my life is sweet and this is how my life is going to be forever. Now, he knows what it means to suffer. I don't know too many other people other than probably Jesus who actually suffered as much as what Paul did in his life for the sake of the gospel. But... Yet, he says, we are more than conquerors. Nothing in all creation will separate us from the love of God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.8 that the purpose of our suffering is so that Jesus may be revealed in our lives. I would say as well that suffering for me always teaches me where and who my hope is in. Where do I run to when things get really hard? Where is my hope? Suffering will always direct my running uh, and will always direct my journey towards Christ. But let's look at some of the stuff that Paul went through in his life. Here's one of the guys that when I get to heaven, I'm going to be most excited and most feared about meeting, I think. I think this guy was probably pretty ruthless, um, but he endured quite a lot. So let's read out of 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23. Paul says, are they servants of Christ? Am I out of my mind to talk like this? I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 39 lashes. Now these lashes, I was looking these up, were pretty 
serious stuff. There were these long leather tails that had like bone and stone um, woven into the leather and these would get whipped against your back 39 times. It would literally just rip your back open. This is great listening for a Sunday morning, but it would literally tear your back open. You had these great big wounds down your back. And only the worst of the worst criminals have ever been recorded as being whipped with these twice because of the pain. Paul says that he had that done to him five times. Goes on to say that he was beaten with rods. You hear stories um, from overseas a lot about um, people being hit um, with canes in places like Singapore as a punishment. They might swipe you three times. Um, like you can hear it through the window that um, until the skin splits open um, and then they leave you for a month and then come back and do it again. It says that Paul was beaten three times with these rods and that's without number just over and over and over again. They could literally just swipe you with these canes until you were out cold. The scripture goes on and it says that he was stoned once. It talks about stoning in the Bible um, there are at least 13 incidents in the Bible um, where people have been stoned to death. And if you're not sure about that, it's um, when people would pick up massive like boulder rocks and smash you with them. And it wasn't like they were just sort of picking up some pebbles. I remember when I was a kid, um, me and my dad were walking along the beach and I'm super competitive um, and I'd lost a game against my dad and we were on the beach and I picked up this little pebble um, and, I th and I threw it at, at him, um, not intending to hit him, but I must have just had this great aim. Um, but it hit him in the back of the head, and it was tiny. And he, wow, I have never seen a face. He came after me. He ran up the beach yelling at me. I was in big trouble. But this, that, that was tiny. That was a tiny stone, and I thought he was going to cry. He was in so much pain. Imagine these rocks that people would just come and smash you with these huge, huge rocks. They weren't just flinging pebbles at you, hoping that you'd just get a tiny little bruise and on your way. Uh, no, they were intended to kill people. It wasn't ever used as a warning. This was saying, this is the end for you, but you have really crossed the line here. You are in big trouble. And they would run right up to you and bash you with them. The Bible says that he was buried under a pile of rocks, buried under those stones. It says in Acts 14 verse 19, they stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead, presuming that they had hit him so many times that he was dead, that no one could have survived that. If it was me, I would just be like, Jesus, I'm ready. Take me home. I'm done. Like that, that's enough. If, they, if people are actually thinking I'm dead, I'm ready to go to heaven. I feel like I've done my, my job. I feel like my, I've come to the end of myself. I've done enough. Surely I've preached the gospel enough. Surely I've talked to enough people. Surely I've been through enough. I'm done. But God says, no, no, it's not your time, dude. You've still got things to do. Sorry, yeah, my, my God says, dude. <laughs> I mean, when I talk to him, I feel like my God says, dude to me. Uh, so Paul says, okay, Jesus, like I, I'll get back up. He got back up. He wriggles his way out from under these stones and he gets up. He shakes his fist and he says, I'm doing this thing. 
I've got work to do. I've got to preach the gospel. I've got, I am called and I've still got places to be. I mean, I've got to write heaps of the Bible. That's what I've got to do. (laughs) So we think maybe his luck has turned around. But no, it goes on further. I hope you're sticking with me this morning. You're not too discouraged. Says three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night on the open sea. I've been constantly on the move from place to place. I have been in danger from river bandits, from my own countrymen, my own people, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Man, just, I mean, it really gets to me when I hear the the gone without food. (laughs) I don't know if I would get through life without that. I was just saying to my husband, this my coffee machine at home is probably the most used thing in my house. I don't know where I would be. I would be on death's door had I not been able to make a coffee in the morning. Guys, you've got to know that in all of this, we are more than conquerors, that nothing in all of creation will separate us from God's love. As we connect with him, as we run to him, as we abide in Christ, as we are that vine, we will never be separated from God's love. I don't know who you're with this morning, but I think you need to turn to your dog, your child, your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, and say, you are more than a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. And so we think, have we, has he suffered enough? Has Paul suffered enough? I think that we can read on and there's more. In Acts 16, 22, Paul and Silas are casting a demon out of a woman and cause a bit of anger around the place. So they get arrested. It says that the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. Verse 23, after they had been severely beaten, they threw them into the prison and the jailer was commanded to watch them carefully. Upon receiving the orders, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they've just been beaten, backs ripped open, chained to a wall, in maximum security with their feet in the stocks. And we're here this morning saying, you're more than a conqueror. He's saying we're more than a conqueror. How is it even possible to fathom all of those things that they went through, that he went through? How can we even comprehend when he's saying you are more than a conqueror? People look at me funny and we crumble. We just trip over and stub our toe and and our lives seem to fall apart. (laughs) How can we apply this? How can we think? How can we believe that we are more than a conqueror? These guys are in a pretty rough situation, but we say that you're more than a conqueror. Would you believe it? But Paul refuses to give up. He's got something else in his spirit. He has got hope in his spirit. He knows that if Jesus can conquer death, then there is nothing that can keep him down. So what does he do? And all of that, after hearing all of that, and he's in this situation, what does he do? The Bible says he starts to sing and he starts to worship God. 
When we're having a real average day, who knows how hard it is to worship God? When we have just come to the end of ourselves or we've just had an argument or we've just done something, how hard is it to say, I'm just going to go and worship God? When we run out of hot water in the shower, or in my case, I've been using a block of cheese and I've made sandwiches and I've made a cheese sauce and I'm just loving it. And then I look at the end of the block and it's got mold on it and my heart just sinks and I feel like I'm going to be sick to my stomach knowing I've just eaten all of that and there's been mold. That is the worst day of my days. <laughs> How can I worship God then? <laughs> Those are the hard times. When our finances are crumbling around us, when it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel, when our relationships are just breaking down with people, and things just aren't going right, work is stressing us out, when you just don't feel it, when you just don't feel like worshipping God. But with hope in our hearts, we know that no circumstance, nothing, nothing will separate us from God's love. We are more than conquerors. So they start to sing in verse 26. says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. The roots, not just outside, but deep, deep down. I'm telling you, no matter how many times you've been buried under a pile of rocks, how beaten you are, how deep your hurt goes from people, how, how far away from God you're feeling. I'm going to come in, God says, I'm going to come in and rip up those foundations to shake that thing until it is completely destroyed. If only we will remember who we're connected to. If only we will remember who we need to worship, who we can go to, who is there for us. Just a step away who was right there so eager for us to connect with him. When you start believing that no situation is too big for God, when you start getting hope on your inside, when you start believing that we are more than conquerors, you know, sometimes I look at life and there are things that really hit me hard. They seem to come all in waves at the moment. In the last month, there has just been wave after wave after wave of things that it seems endless. Like I deal with something and then something else comes at me and we're dealing with that and then something comes at me. You know, I tend to look at life as like a monopoly board. Like it all comes back around and you just got to get back around to go. It all comes around. And sometimes the enemy wants to make me feel like I'm digging my head in the sand and not facing life's problems. I tend to look at them and go, you know what, this is just a season. You know what, this is just, it's going to get better. It's going to be okay. And, and the enemy comes at me and says, you know what, like you're just, you're avoiding dealing with your problems. You're just digging your head in the sand. It's not going to get better for you. You know, you're just, you're just being delusional. But you know what, when I am in God's word, when I am connected to him, when I am in relationship with him, when I am speaking God's promises over my life, I understand and I know that while things may be attacking my life and while things might be attacking me, it is never able to steal my joy. Stress is there. You know what? Anxiety is licking at my heels. His pain might be lingering. But my Bible says that all things work together for the good for those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. When we remain in him and when we have a deep, deep knowing and understanding that no matter what God is for us and he will walk with us and he wants to be connected with us, he will never separate himself. He will never break himself away from us. 
that we have that bind, that deep connection between Jesus and us. The scripture goes on to say in that prison that as they were worshipping at once, all the doors flew open. When we start to worship God, doors will open. Things will break off our lives. No matter what issue you go to God with, start to worship him. When you do, you'll see that doors will open that you never thought could be open. Relationships will be healed that you never thought could be reconciled. And this is my last point. This is what I love in this scripture. It says that at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. So as Paul and Silas worshipped God and as they came back to being connected to him, not only were they themselves set free, but they set the whole prison free. The chains fell off every person in that place. You've got to know that your connection to Christ, your connection to God is not just for you. It is not just for your freedom. Your abiding in Christ, your ability to stay the course and not fall away is not just for your freedom's sake, but it's for your neighbor's freedom's sake. It's for your children. It's for your spouse. It's for your workmates. You know, we as followers of Christ, we're called to set people free, to see people healed, to see people's chains being broken off them, to walk with people, to see people set free from the prisons that they are trapped in, set loose from the chains that they're bound in, chains of depression, of isolation, of emptiness. And that is no truer today than it has been a hundred years ago. We are living in such an isolated place. There's not a day that goes by that we don't know someone who's feeling lost and isolated and alone and depressed and anxious. It is rife in our communities and we're, we're called to be believers who, who, who are part of that journey of seeing people come in community to find their people, to find their family. And we need to stand up against emptiness and hopelessness, we need to stand up and know that we are more than conquerors and that the person down the street is more than a conqueror and that person that is homeless and that person that has offended us and that person that we're not getting along with or that broken relationship, they're called to be more than conquerors. Those people that are depressed and isolated and, and maybe lazy at work or you know not taking good care of themselves, they're called to be more than conquerors. And as we abide in Christ and connect with Christ and worship Christ, then we're going to see freedom for those people as well if we're willing to worship him one more time we want to see our city set free from these things and as we connect with him we believe that hope grows on our inside god will shake our foundations open those doors and set a city free that is uh that that, that is full of chains and brokenness you might be sitting here this morning and you're really struggling. You're beaten. You're feeling under a pile of rocks saying, Jesus, this is my time. <laughs> it's time to go. You don't know how you're going to dig your way out. I want to encourage you this morning that if God can set Paul free along with this whole prison, he can set you free, my friend. If you're willing to worship him one more time, if you're willing to to get connected to the vine, to, to come to Jesus, to not give up, to say, you know what, the world is telling me to go in this direction, but I am coming back to Christ. If you're not willing to give up, then you can understand and have that hope and that knowing that you are more than a conqueror, that there is nothing that with Christ you cannot overcome.
I want to encourage you this morning, no matter what prison you're in, when you worship him with hope, there is no door that he can't open. There is no foundation that he can't break. There is no pile of rocks that he cannot dig you out of. There is no chain that he can't break. I want to encourage you that things may look dire on the outside, but with God there is hope. And Paul knew this hope. Went through so many of these things, but he had hope and a knowing in his heart. And you can have that same hope too. I want to pray with you this morning. We're going to worship God together. But I just want to encourage you. If you're in a place that you've been away from God, I encourage you to connect with him. He is so keen to connect with you. That is his heart's desire, that he would be in relationship with you, that he would be connected with you in that vine, that it would be you and him traveling this life together, not just in those bad times, not just in the good times, but in all areas of our life, that we can connect with him. Amen. Father, I just thank you this morning. I thank you that you so want relationship with us, that it is your greatest desire that your children would know you. The Bible says that, um, Jesus says that my sheep hear and know my voice. God, I pray that we would all learn to know your voice, that we would be so connected with you, God, that we would know your voice apart from the enemy, apart from the voices of this world, but we would know you more than any other, that your voice would be the loudest in our lives. Father, I pray that you would meet us right here this morning. No matter how far we are from you, God, if we had a chat to you yesterday or it's been months or years, no matter if we're on a mountaintop or in a valley, God, that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Let your Holy Spirit come and invade our lives, God, to give us hope that we can get through the next day, the next minute, the next year, that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. Remind us of that, God. Remind us of that, Father, this morning. And I pray for every single person listening to this message that it would be touched by your spirit and that things uh, would, would change um, in their lives if they need to, Father, and that we would feel more connected with you this morning. Amen.